At the end of your life, what will be your legacy? What will you leave behind for future generations? For the world, join the world messenger, Isabella Lundberg, each week as she brings you a new distinguished guest from the business, sports, or entertainment world to share their success, their struggles, and their lessons. They will share their insights into current hot topics that affect everyone. Isabella facilitates an intimate, vulnerable environment to find the true value of humanity and real leadership. Are you ready for your legacy? The legacy that matters? Hello, hello, my beautiful friends. It's Isabella Lundberg here at The World Messenger, and I am inviting you for another epic episode of Legacy Leadership. And right now, you guys are for amazing treat and surprise. Not only have one guest here, actually, I don't have a one guest. That's a surprise. I have a two guests here. And there are power couple that overcame some of the most challenging and difficult situations in their life while also raising children and turning everything around with their unwavering faith and strengths, while they also created something amazing in the midst of, of that perfect storm. They're also authors, phenomenal podcasters. Actually, they're one of the top podcasts in the world and they will tell you how they did it with some most impactful guests that I had a chance to actually to listen. So without further ado, I can't wait to introduce you to Stephanie and Kevin Mason, welcome. Thank you. We're so excited. That was quite the intro, Isabella. Intro. Thank you. She called us a power couple. We did wow. power couple, Kevin. I was like, who is she talking about? <laughs> it was like, it was us. <laughs> you can't downplay that, Kevin. Come <laughs> on. Well, thank you. You're very, you're very kind. Very kind. <laughs> First of all, I'm so thrilled you guys are here because obviously on the Legacy Leader Show, we always focus on what people are doing right now, how they're leading their legacy and living it. And you are epitome of both. And it's not easy, specifically in times of tremendous change. So do you mind telling us a little bit about your journey, how all this started, this power couple mesh that is creating some tremendous ripple effect across the world? Go ahead, Steph, you can start. So our journey's pretty crazy, honestly. So we were married just a few years. And unfortunately, I'm a nurse. That's the good thing. I'm a nurse. But unfortunately, while I was a nurse, I was electrocuted during surgery. And by oh. the grace of God, I survived. But because of that, we've had some, or I guess we had some horrible things to have to overcome. Uh, the full front and left part of my brain was completely fried, for lack of better words. Um, I should have been killed instantly, and by the grace of God, I survived. But after that, we had several obstacles that we had to overcome from hallucinations, short-term memory loss, cognitive thinking issues, um, doctors telling us that children weren't in our future. And, you know, that's what we were wanting. You know, we wanted to have children after we got married. We wanted to have our careers, and then we wanted children. And in one instant for all of that to be, you know, gone was devastating so we had to deal with that yes right yes and so go ahead no no keep going i was gonna say then we wanted to have children mm -hmm. but doctor said hey i don't know if that's in the cards right now and your cycle had stopped yeah my cycle stopped because of it what we thought so it's just children weren't our future but we kept praying and believing and kevin uh had done his mba and we went to celebrate in florida and I brought two books. One was by our pastor, Pastor Gary Cassie, and another one was Supernatural Childbirth by Jackie Mize. And basically, they just said, you have to have faith. 
You have to have faith beyond all shot of a doubt that what you're believing for is going to come true. And I remember reading it and all of a sudden this faith just started stirring in me. And I'm like, I looked at Kevin on the lounge chair. I'm like, babe, I'm pregnant. And he's like, what? I was like, what are you talking about? (laughs) I'm like, no, I'm believing that I'm pregnant. So both of our faiths just started stirring. And by the end of the trip, we had baby names picked out. We had decided how we were going to tell our parents and our families. And unfortunately, at the end of that trip, I had a very severe headache. And these headaches would usually put me in the hospital. And I would be there, you know, getting medications, getting IVs, morphine, just all of it just to stop the pain. And by this time, I'd been in the hospital so much, they started giving me injections of morphine to give myself. So Kevin was like, babe, please take the the injection. And I'm like, no, I'm like, I'm pregnant. I don't want this to hurt the baby. And he's like, please. And I'm like, no shame. Yeah, there's no no shame. shame It was just so much pain. And I said, God, I am believing I'm pregnant, but I'm also believing you'll protect this baby when I give myself this injection. So I injected myself. We got home. We took the pregnancy test and it was negative. And I was devastated. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I know I'm pregnant. I don't care what the test says. I know I'm pregnant. So my OB, she's like, Stephanie, we really need to try to start your cycle. Let's come in, get you on medication. But before we do, you need to take one more pregnancy test. So I took the other pregnancy test and that one said positive. And I lost it. I'm like, so I told Kevin, he was super excited. And I remember just holding the pregnancy test. And I was like, I called the doctor and they're like, I'm like, oh my gosh, I have a pregnancy or positive pregnancy test. And they're like, well, when was your last cycle? And I'm like, uh, six months ago. And they're like, we need to see you. So we came in and I'm like, I don't care what their tests say. Like, I know I'm pregnant. And I just held on to basically my pee stick with toilet paper wrapped around it. Cause I was like, I just know I'm pregnant. And I said, Kevin, you need to believe that our baby is bigger than is like the size of a peanut, because if it's bigger than a pea, then we're further along. And he's like, okay. So she did my ultrasound and Isabella, like, not only was there a baby, but our baby had arms and legs and was moving all across the screen. Mm. And when I said I was pregnant in Florida, I was pregnant in Florida. It did not matter the negative test. We were pregnant. So, wow. so then we had baby number one, miracle baby number miracle one, baby number one, Emmy Marie Faith Mason. And of course, we named her named her. One of her middle names, Faith, just because the faith that was required of us and mm-hmm. that whole process that we went through. Let yes. us hold fast the confessions of our faith without wavering, because he who promised is faithful. So we stood on that scripture and then Emmy got the middle name of Faith. Yes. So it was amazing. And during that pregnancy, all of my symptoms were gone. I was supernaturally healed from the electrocution and it was amazing. So what do we want, Isabella? <laughs> baby number two. We want baby number two, right? Like, this is so much fun. This Let's try amazing. this again. Let's do it again. <laughs> so we started trying, didn't get pregnant, didn't get pregnant, didn't get pregnant. And unfortunately, I went in for testing and they had diagnosed me with a brain tumor. And unfortunately, this brain tumor was so large, it was you could barely put a piece of paper between my optic nerve and the tumor. And the doctor said, if this tumor touches my optic nerve, 
I will be permanently blind and there's nothing coming back from that. So this casual coming in for a doctor's appointment came in to become more urgent surgery than what we were expecting. So you want to take it from there? Yeah, I just remember going into surgery and doctors, Isabella, were pulling me aside and saying, hey, Mr. Mason, just want to let you know the risk involved with brain surgery. And they said, the wife that you know today may be completely different post-surgery. Her personality may be different. Her sense of humor, um, she might remember you, she might not. And just like, oh my gosh, are you telling me this woman who I fell in love with and the woman who currently loves me may be completely different eight hours from now? And he's like, yes, yes, that, that's exactly what I'm telling you. So I remember at that point, Isabella, it was like, I felt so out of control, right? I had zero control of this situation. It, it, and at that point, it's like, okay, it doesn't matter that I got my MBA. It doesn't matter that I'm a CPA. It doesn't matter however much money we're making and the education we have. It, like, none of that matters, right? What matters is that I have my wife and we're able to have a quality of life together, right? Because you didn't sign up for this. Mm -mm. And Isabella, I remember I'm in high state hospital and I just go over into a corner away from everyone. And I just had a moment with God where I just turn. I'm like, God, I'm done. I am done. I give my wife to you. Like I am doing everything in my power that I possibly can to find the right doctors, to get stuff to these appointments, to do everything I can to fix this. And I can't do it. Right. I can't even understand half of the words the doctors are telling me in these appointments. Mm -hmm. So my God, I'm done. I give her to you. God, you do what only you can do with my wife. And so I just like relinquish control, right? And I'm like, okay, we're gonna rely on faith again here. And so Steph got out of that. <laughs> I got out of that, <laughs> out of that surgery. surgery. Amazing. And um, what they had told us was the reason my cycle had stopped. It wasn't necessarily the electrocution, it was because of the tumor affecting my hormones. So I remember getting out of that surgery and I was like, oh my gosh, has my cycle started? I mean, I'm literally coming in, I'm literally coming out of anesthesia and I'm like, has my cycle started? And they're like, ma'am, you just got out of surgery. I'm like, okay. It takes a little longer than that. But I was so focused. I knew that we were going to have this surgery and I was going to be pregnant again. You could have asked every doctor, every nurse. I have told all of them after this, I'll be pregnant. And they just almost looked at me like, okay, okay. You believe that honey, but we know what is going to happen. And I was like, I didn't receive that. So, oh, it's so amazing. So Steph, of course, as you can tell, right, she woke up post-surgery and she still had this amazing personality, this bubbly personality, very energetic. She still remembered me. She still loved me, mm -hmm. right? And so it couldn't have been any better. So then, what was it, six weeks later? About four weeks later, I remember waking up and my cycle started. And Isabella, the sobbing emotion was so overwhelming. I, as a female, like no one likes to have their cycle, but mine had been taken from me for four or five years. I was so excited. I called Kevin at work, which I'm not supposed to do because it's always his busy season. And 
I just sobbed and told him that my cycle started. I remember going to the grocery store. Girlfriend, I had so many feminine hygiene products in my cart and I was so excited. I'm like, oh my gosh, I get to buy this stuff again. Teenager. It was amazing. And I was like, I remember I cramped so bad. I'm like, Lord Jesus, thank you for these cramps. Like just the thought of having something taken away, you're so thankful. It doesn't matter because you're feeling what you're supposed to be feeling as a female. And it was amazing. And two weeks after that, we got pregnant. So it was amazing. It was amazing. And I remember having to go up for all of these scans. And here I am like waddling up to my neurosurgeon. I have my belly and he was just dumbfounded. And he's like, you know what? It doesn't surprise me out of you because you kept saying, you were going to be pregnant. So it was really cool. Well, Isabel, it was, it was really neat for me to go on these doctor's appointments with Steph, right? Post-surgery. And first question I'd ask, okay, how are you feeling? And Steph was like, I'm pregnant. And <laughs> the dumbfounded look on their faces was so funny because of how rare that was. Mm-hmm. And so that was pretty cool to see their reactions. It was as awesome. Well. Yes. So, oh boy. So, Isabella. Isabella doesn't even need to ask any questions. Just Wait, like, no, like, okay, tell us your story. I am so soaking it up. I'm soaking it up. And I'm sure that our listeners and the people that will be watching also part of the show will be soaking it up because I just keep smiling. Gratitude and that unwavering fate, as I call it, is just so beautiful. And how that all this transpire in your life. And of course, after that, you had another miracle baby or the baby boy you guys wanted so badly i could possibly future football player maybe or basketball correctly it was so amazing because we had two babies and i just felt like we weren't done i just felt like we needed one more we're supposed to have one more so literally we're in the hospital i just delivered our little girl l and i said kevin time for number three he's like you just delivered and i'm like i know but i feel like we're supposed to have yeah. one more i remember thinking oh, i could totally do this again i'm like oh my gosh like <laughs> what i what i just experienced you know like, yeah he's like you want to do this again like, what i just experienced. i'm like i'm the one who had the baby i'm like you're good you're good so you know we have this newborn i keep talking about baby number three which it has to be god because you know it's god when you just delivered a baby and you're ready for number three right so you know we have a newborn and kevin just kept sleeping and like why are you so tired i'm like i'm the one up because i always he worked i was the one up with the baby but he kept sleeping he kept taking naps. i'm like why are you so tired And I talked him into taking a trip with the girls to Disney World. Elle was five months. Emmy had just turned four. And the day before we left, Kevin looks at me and he turned his face and he's like, should I be concerned about this? And this mass popped from his jaw, probably the size of a golf ball. And the nursing brain in me said, I know exactly what that is. But the Christian faith-based in me said, don't give life to it. Don't speak it into existence. Mm. So 
So we got back from Disney World, which, by the way, that's a great idea. Let's take a five-month-old and a four-year-old to Disney World. <laughs> we had so much fun. Though. Yeah, that was a great idea. It was so good because at the time, by the time it was all over, Kevin's, like, lined up to buy a Disney credit card, like, sign up for one. I was like, you have had so much fun. I knew he would. It was okay. It was great. It was okay. But, uh, yeah, so we got back, and then I promised you I would go to the doctor. So I went to the doctor. She referred us to the cancer hospital here in Columbus. And it was long story short, they diagnosed me with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, which is a blood cancer. Okay. And, and it's the same exact cancer that my grandmother passed away from when I was in eighth grade. So I was familiar with this and I remember even doing like a book report on it when I was in eighth grade or something, right. On non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And here I am 30 years later going through it, 25 years later, whatever. So I was age 36 at the time, and most of the time, that type of lymphoma is with senior citizens. And so it was very odd, someone like me, to have that type of cancer. And so I remember going in, and I was saying, okay, what, what are the odds it's only like in my jaw? And they're like, Mr. Mason, this, this is a blood cancer, right? If it's to the point where you have a golf ball on the side of your neck, we're expecting to be all through your body. I'm like, okay, well, tell me what, what are the odds? And they said less than 10%. I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to pray for a miracle here. And they're like, well, go ahead and pray whatever you want. But December 16th is coming and we're expecting to do, what was it? 13 weeks of chemotherapy. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay. So go back in, they do all these full body scans and came back that the cancer cells were only in my jaw. They're like, Merry Christmas. You just got a miracle. And you don't have to do chemotherapy, You're, but you do have to do like 13 treatments of radiation. I'm like, okay. So had all kinds of struggles with radiation. They fried, they fried my throat. I lost 37 pounds. Um, I mean, I lost 21 of that within 21 days. I mean, the, the weight was just melting off of me, Isabella. And I didn't realize it until I went down the stairs with my sweatpants and my, my pants fell off as I was going down the steps, right? So I went from 207 down to 170 and just had severe complications. But then after six months of that, I got that, that call from the hospital, the oncologist telling you that you're cancer-free. And just Yay. like the best it phone call, awesome. best phone call ever. Right. Yes. And then I call Steph who you were at work at that time and tell you, and you just hear the sobbing on the other end of the, the phone. And then, uh, you know, doctors had said, Hey, why don't we take some samples post-surgery, all this stuff, post-cancer stuff. We're like, you know what, let's not, let's not do that just yet. We do want to have kids, but I don't want to give any samples just yet. And then after after we got through this, it was it wasn't it wasn't much long after. Mm -hmm. Baby number three is on the way, and Tate is his name. He just turned four mm -hmm. a couple months ago, and he's just like the coolest kid ever. He's, he's so amazing. he's so rambunctious. Yes. He keeps me on my toes. His favorite thing to do is wrestle, right? And so it's constantly. <laughs> but the crazy thing with Tate is when we were leaving the hospital to take him home. They said, we hear something in his heart. And I'm like, what, what do you mean you hear something? They're like, you're going to need to go to children's hospital. And I was just like, no, no, we're not going to children's hospital. So he was maybe four or five days old. Kevin had to go back to work. I'm sitting there at children's hospital 
And they said, Mrs. Mason, we're so sorry, but your son was born with two holes in his heart. And I'm like, this isn't happening. This is not happening. And I said, God, how can this happen? Like this, like it was hard enough with Kevin and I, but when it's your child, when it's your baby and this sweet little nine pound baby is just looking at me and I'm like, oh dear God. And I remember getting in the car and just sobbing to Kevin. And he was so good as a bell. He's like, why are you crying? He's like, we've been here before, Steph. You know what to do. You're going to speak over our son. You're going to speak life into him and let God do the rest. And I, as soon as he said that, I was like, that's right. That's exactly what I'm going to do. So I put my big girl pants on and I started speaking life to his heart. And I just kept praying and praying and believing that his heart was going to be completely healed and whole. And every time we went to the doctors, the pediatrician appointments, I'm like, what do you hear? And they're like, Steph, we still hear it. We, we still hear, you know, the swishing of the blood and that he's still, the, the holes are still there. And at the year mark, I looked at that doctor and he kept pressing his stethoscope to Tate's heart and pressing it and pressing it. And I just started smiling. I'm like, you don't hear anything, do you? And he's like, I really don't. <laughs> so we went to Children's Hospital and the cardiologist looked at me and she's like, your son's healed. And I'm like, ah, it was just like the most amazing day to have, you know, Kevin and I restored our son healthy and whole. We have three beautiful, healthy kids and it's just all because of God. Like, it's just amazing. What a story and what a journey. First of all, I am so so in awe of, of your fate and, and, and who you are as an individual. But then I'm not going to call you anymore just the power couple, your miracle power couple. <laughs> miracles within yourself and miracles that you're creating for others. So thank you for sharing that. And through this journey, I mean, I just really want to say how much you guys became stronger and seems like to me invincible, yet so beautifully, genuinely loving, caring towards the other. And, and as a result, you created another miracle. You had a, actually the fourth baby. You didn't tell them them yet. <laughs> tell them about your fourth baby, your good story, your, your amazing podcast. You guys birthed it in most challenging and difficult times. Kevin is all confused. I was like, did I lose the beauty? I was totally confused. I'm like, fourth baby. Yeah. Like, he's like, wait, are you, did you and Isabella scheme? You have to tell me something? I'm like, did we, get, did we get a puppy or something? <laughs> here? I was like, what is she uh, talking about? If you could have seen his eyes, Isabella looking at me, I'm like, oh, he has no clue. I was like, uh, <laughs> so so we went through all this and and then it turned into just you need to write a book you need to write a book and so we wrote a book called you met her where and it documents this whole journey that we went through and so we go through the the heavy stuff but also we talk about all the funny stuff that took place as well Mm -hmm. along these first 15 years of our marriage and then it became okay how do you market the book well, we had the idea of let's start a podcast called Tell Us a Good Story. And we have a good story to share. So the initial idea was to share our own personal stories and journeys and the funny stuff that has happened along the, along the way. And then it's turned to us interviewing people like yourself, Isabella, who have amazing stories as well. And so we just recorded episode 141 the other day. 
And it's turned into moving from us and our stories. And of course, we still do that. Every fifth episode is just Steph and I sharing our own stories. But within there is just some incredible people, whether it's a public figure or someone you've never heard of, right? But they all have amazing stories. It could be funny, it could be motivational, inspirational, but it turned into tell us a good story. And then after two years, like you mentioned, um, it turned into one of the top one and a half percent podcasts in the world. And then we're now nationally syndicated across 18 radio stations across the country as well. And just, just blown away by the people that we've met and talked to people who know our names now that we never expected to know our names. So it's been pretty amazing. So yeah, tell us a good story was our baby number four, I guess, <laughs> as, as you, as you say, <laughs> And this baby is, yeah, two and a half years old now. And 140, yeah, 141 episodes into it. And we just keep going. And, and we're shocked by the people who are saying yes to us, right? Who want to talk to us and just kind of blows us away, Isabella. I bet it does. And I'm so glad you shared. And, and we, you're obviously just scratching the surface, obviously, with quality, not only of production, but the quality of, of stories that people are really learning from. It's, it's tremendously powerful. So do you mind sharing um, what was some of the most inspiring guests that you had on your show and some stories that really impact you the most that were like perfect guts and gifts that you received and the right time for yourself as well? Okay, so let's let's give our favorite episodes, or not favorite, some of the more memorable that comes off the top of our head. There's so many, though. So one of the most popular ones was a 9-11 survivor, okay? This is episode mm -hmm. 39, and it was, his name is Joe Dittmar. He was on the 115th floor of... The second tower. The second tower, okay? He tells the story of the fire marshal coming in and saying, hey, the first tower has been hit. We have to get out of here, mm -hmm. right? So they are like walking down the fire steps and just how we got out of there is just incredible. And of course he got a very emotional talking about that mm -hmm. from 20, 21 years ago. So that was episode 39. Um, another very popular episode, actually it's two episodes is episode 61 and 62 with a gentleman by the name of Philip Hall. Philip Hall is an ex Italian mafia guy right he was a hitman for the italian mafia and so he starts telling her his story and it is like a movie isabella where it just keeps building and building and building and then he's running away from the feds and he hops a train and the, the train happens to be like the barnum and bailey circus. circus right so then he hides out with these circus people for two years and it just like unbelievable craziest story so philip paul's good mm -hmm. um we've talked to Recently, um, gosh, the host of Lifetime Channel's number one show right now called Married at First Sight. His name is Pastor Kyle Robertson. Cal. And so, yes, Pal, Pastor Cal, Cal Robertson. And so he talks about how he sets people up for marriage, sight unseen, <laughs> completely sight unseen. So that was incredible. That's great. I mean, there's so many from like your story where it's just like, just hearing how you survived, hearing the determination with you and your sister, like it was phenomenal stories. But then we also have like the fun stories where we have a woman who is a python huntress oh, and she lives in the Everglades and she hunts pythons and skins them. And it's her story is just like, oh, my goodness, this is crazy. Yeah, her name's Amy Seawee, and I believe it's episode 71. But Isabella, she will go out in Florida 
and catch these pythons that are the size of telephone poles. Yeah, with her bare hands. With her bare hands. Yes. So she's catching up the bare hands and then like putting them in a bag. And... She might be like 115 pounds. Right. So these, Like 120 oh pounds. Goodness. Like these they're bigger than her. Snakes are bigger than her. Yeah. So that was a really fun conversation. Yeah. So that, that's just a few, I guess, off the top of her head. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. So speaking of your show, I mean, you guys also did something remarkably well during the time of COVID when everything was kind of like uncertain you've turned that around and as a result you have tremendous success do you mind sharing obviously you put your heart and soul in it and tons of fates and miracles and sparkles but to make the magic happen what would you say was the biggest contributor because obviously everybody watching you it's just like chemistry is there the right energy is there this unwearing enthusiasm too um and passion but what would you suggest for people that are watching and again i wanted to, for them to know where to go where to hear it but also what it contributed and attribute for this tremendous success brag 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 <laughs> well you can you can listen to everything wherever you get your podcast just look at tell us a good story you can also go to kevinandsteph.com and that has video clips has every episode all of the podcast guests all of that has links to our book as well but the thing with this isabella is when we started this i didn't know if steph and i would be able to do this right? Because everything we've worked on in the past, it's not good. It's not good. Oh my right? gosh. No, like we can't no. do gardening, can't we can't do, house do landscaping, no. house projects together no. because no. Steph ends up yelling at me, like, stop telling me what to do. Right. And so <laughs> I didn't know if we'd be able to do this. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's funny because I wasn't his choice for the podcast. <laughs> I was his fifth choice. Yes. Oh he had my goodness. Other, Kevin. He had other people in line and then they all couldn't do it because of schedule. He's like, well, do you want to do it? I'm like, okay, sure. Okay. There's a long story to that. There's not a long Isabella, story. It's basically what it was. The idea was I have some close buddies who are like the funniest people in the world. Right. And I thought it'd be fun to do this with them. Right. Well, it just wasn't going to work logistically. So so hey, thank wife. God it didn't because hey, wife. the best host uh-huh. possible mm-hmm. was in the same house as me, right? And I had no idea, Isabella. So I did, I mean, we plugged that in. We did it with a show producer who's still our show producer. Mm-hmm. And we just did a draft, right? And I didn't know how Steph would be. I honestly did not know because you're a registered nurse, mm-hmm. right? Now, granted, I'm a CPA. CPAs typically do not have personalities at all, but I had done a little bit of public speaking. So I, d- I didn't know how this would work. And then we started telling the stories and it ended up being not too bad, right? And so we did that draft. I was like, okay, if this is the worst that this would be, I can live with that. I can totally live with that. And then it's just kind of evolved. And it's funny because, you know, we go to church and people come up to us and like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you did this, Kevin, right? I can't believe you did that or whatever, but Yes. Uh, thank God I had the best co-host possible in the same house as me. But Isabella, I don't think she'll ever let me live that down. Absolutely not. No. <laughs> fifth choice. I might have a shirt. Eventually it's going to say fifth choice. Fifth choice. <laughs> <laughs> 
see, sometimes he had to have go through the four different trials and errors to figure it out where the magic is. <laughs> That's right. It was all right here, babe. All right here. But it's been amazing because we've been actually, we've been forced to spend time together with this podcast. We've only grown stronger because we have three little ones. We have careers. This is our time to be together, focus on each other, talk to amazing people like yourself. And it's just been perfect. Yeah. Well, this is probably, like I said, this is probably the only thing that Steph and I could work together on is this, which has been surprising. Mm -hmm. And it's been nice, right? But yeah, that very first episode, we were like, okay, let's try to do 25 minutes, right? And that's like the average commute. Yes. Let's try to, let's try to talk for 25 minutes. And, and he's, well, he said that he's like, He's like, okay, we need to talk for 25 minutes. I'm like, we don't talk for 25 minutes in a day. Steph's How like, are we supposed to talk? You're supposed to do 25 minutes in a row? Yeah. Like in a row. <laughs> yes, that's what we're going to try to do. Here. Oh gosh, I'm so stressed right now. So then we tell like, one story. Oh. And it's like, how long was that? Yeah. Uh, that was four minutes. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my keep it coming. Like, do we have commercials yet? Do we have anything commercials to like fill in the space? He's like, Steph, you can't have 20 minutes of commercials. You can't just I'm have like, music, okay. music for 21 minutes. <laughs> He's like, that's radio, babe. I'm like, okay. <laughs> oh, but no, it's it's evolved, as you can see, over the past two and a half years. And yeah, probably the only thing that we can work together on, which which it's is nice. Perfect. Yes. Only thing that you explored so far that you can work with. I'm sure will be more things there. But you guys also, obviously, as a result, I can see straighten up your internal, personal, interpersonal relationship, right? Yes. But I'm curious, what do your kids think about moms and dad and cool guests? And do they listen? I know they're young, but your oldest one, I'm just curious what she thinks about moms and dads. Tell us the good story show. It's so funny you said that because we created this show so everyone could listen to it. So when moms and dads are in the car with their kids, they can listen to it as a family. Our rules were it's got to be good and the story has to be clean. So because of that, it's so fun. One of our biggest uh, fan favorites that like will email us is she might be 12 or 13 years old. And she's like, oh my gosh, <laughs> Kevin, Steph, I love this episode. And it's just so much fun that parents can listen with their kids together and discuss it. But Emmy and Elle, they love it. Emmy loves listening to it. She has to hear it every Friday morning. She's like, gosh, I got to listen to this episode, which is so much fun. Elle and Tate, Elle is okay. Tate could care less. Right. But it's funny that their teachers at school will tell them, hey, I heard your parents episode this week. I love it. Or mention a story that they heard. And they think it's funny that yeah. their teachers actually listen to it, watch the video clips, all of that. So it was funny because the very first time Emmy's name got mentioned in, a, in one of the shows, she's like, oh, my gosh, I'm famous right now. I'm like, what? <laughs> Not exactly. We're gonna let you believe that, but really not. But it was so cute, just their little imaginations, how they just thought they were famous. So it was fun. That is so cute. But but truly, honestly, what you did is remarkably amazing. We have over just a little bit shy under three million active podcasts around the world. Oh, I and didn't know that. How many millions of episodes? <clears throat> I believe over 111 plus million episodes in the world. And not for, but just for people to put in a contest what you were able to accomplish your period of time. So give us some stats so people can really understand what all of this means. 
So you don't have to like do this for 15, 20 years to see success and see truly outputs. And also, as you said, find the audience and your family audience to be part of it. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that. Well, when we started this, I I was a little nervous, right? Because (laughs) the one thing it's like, okay, one thing we don't need in this world is more podcasts, right? And (laughs) so I (laughs) like, but I found out one, it, it is easy to do a podcast, right? There's not a lot of barriers to start one, right? It's it's fairly low cost. But what is challenging is to do a podcast or a radio show that people want to listen to, right? That people yeah. are going to rave about. That is challenging in itself. So we started doing this and we started tweaking it. And we just started at first, it was, we're going to reach out to friends who may or may not owe us a favor. And we're going to ask them, <laughs> hey, can you do this podcast? They're like, oh, what's, what's a podcast, right? Like, hey, just can you share some stories that you've told us in the past? And so we did that. Then it turned to us blindly reaching out to some people that we thought would be fantastic guests to interview. And Isabella, maybe like you've done in the past, I don't know. But with us, it's like, deep breath, deep breath. Okay, I'm going to email or I'm going to text this person and reach out to them. Okay, all right, let's see what they say. And you get a lot of no's, get a lot of no's at first, but then it just kept building and building. And then people would share it online, with social media to their friends. And it just kind of been a slow build. Well, to us, it feels like a slow build, but it's actually been fairly quickly when you, when you put it in the context that you did, right? Two years. And so it just kept building. And then you kind of start getting some social credibility and some social proof, right? Yeah. When you have a few video links of people you've talked to, or you have a few episodes that were really good and you start getting a little bit better with editing or how you talk to someone or being silly, you know, being even sillier with stuff, like kind of we are in Off our personal camera. life, yeah. right? Um, and you kind of let people see that, your personality. And then it ends up it just like, one person connects to another person that connects to another person that connects to another person. And then before you know it, you're being asked to produce a nationally syndicated radio show. Right. And so we're doing that wow. three times a week. And the good thing with what we do, tell us a good story is there's no like time stamp on it, except for yes. maybe the nine 11 survivor or us interviewing Santa Claus, Santa and Mrs. Claus. Oh my gosh. Year. They were so okay. much fun. <laughs> Isabella. Oh. That's another really good one. It's yeah. like episode 96, I think, right? So we interviewed a mall Santa Claus and Mrs. Claus. And wow. the stories that they tell you are unbelievable, unbelievable about the kids they meet, about how parents, you know, what parents say to them, what kids have said to them, mm-hmm. like privately, like it is mind blowing what mall Santa Claus's experience. Yeah. So wow. that's one that's timestamped, but so we're nationally syndicated now. And so we're able to play three episodes a week on the radio. And then we just got, hey, forgive me. I, I don't like talking about Yeah, this. it's really hard. I can tell he's struggling right now. Telling I you know, stuff. but the <laughs> point is, Kevin, you're doing, you guys are doing most amazing work in terms of quality and in terms of audience and in terms of phenomenal great stories. Oh, so well, Stephanie, you. take over, brag. Well, <laughs> We just got the the metrics back a couple of weeks ago, right? And so we averaged over 110,000 listeners per episode uh, on on the radio, which again blows us away. 
And so we're just, we're very blessed by that and, and the people we're meeting. So um, it, I, I would just encourage people, if you're passionate about something and you feel like this is what I'm supposed to be doing, right? Don't worry about a small beginning, right? Don't worry about that beginning, right? Just focus on getting better. And so with us, when we started, I did my best. And then this is really hard for me being a finance guy and a CPA. I, I'm in the numbers, right? I'm always mm -hmm. in the numbers. But in this situation, I had to remind myself, don't worry about the scoreboard. Don't look at the scoreboard, just get better. Just focus on producing something that people want to listen to, that people are going to rave about, that people are going to share with others, right? Just focus on that. Don't worry about the numbers. And then eventually the numbers have been starting to come, which have been amazing. But no, I would just encourage people, don't worry about small beginnings. Just focus on what you're doing and just get really good at that. And the other stuff will just take care of itself. And have fun. Be yourself. Like if you're just like, you know, so tight and nervous and everything, like enjoy it. Let your listeners and audience connect with you. Yes. And if you plan to start a podcast, ask your spouse to be the co-host <laughs> as the number one yep. choice yep. before moving on to someone else. Yep. That's another little That's a good tip. That's a good tip. Piece of advice. Yes. And listen to this. Yes, because you will never live it down. You will not. Ever. Ever. <laughs> yeah, you, you, want, you want to save on possibly the word, right? Yes. Yep. Yes. <laughs> That's fantastic. I just love how all of this played out. But I'm also kept hearing that you had a maybe baby number five somewhere in a mix, maybe not in the right order. Uh, and with some phenomenal book that you did not emphasize on. So do you mind just quickly depict you met her where? Yeah, so that talks about the journey of, it starts from when we met to the time where I'm cancer free, right? And, and we walk through the journey of when you are giving a piece of bad news, how do you handle that, mm -hmm. right? Because everyone at some point, you're gonna go through some type of life situation that might be catastrophic, whether it's with yourself or a spouse or a child or whatever. And how do you handle that, right? And, and a lot of people, it is absolutely crushing. And we've experienced this time after time after time. And, and we've just, we put together kind of our game plan of how we got through all of these life obstacles. And we talk about where we met, which is a crazy story in itself. <laughs> um, and then just all the funny stuff that happened during our marriage. And then how we got through every single obstacle that we mentioned to you uh, a few minutes ago, mm -hmm. whether it's Steph's brain tumor, the electrocution, cancer, all of that. We talk about the game plan we went through. So, and- so it's a blueprint, blueprint for everybody watching and listening that are struggling, having challenges. And the reason why I'm asking, because so many people are, oh my goodness, now we're having a third guest here, yay! Can you say hi? Hi. How are you? Good. Would you okay. tell our audience, what is your name? Tate. <gasps> Tate, you are super handsome. So Tate, could you just tell us something very special for everybody watching and listening from you for today? What would be what do you your love? word of wisdom? Dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. Oh, dinosaurs. Amazing. Okay. Anything else? Bye. Say bye-bye. Bye. bye. Oh my goodness. Time.
So adorable. I'm so glad we had a special visitor here. He is the cutest. And everybody watching, listening, that is the little miracle baby. And yes. uh, we're also talking about post Kevin's um, cancer treatment. Mm -hmm. And we do everything that is going on, not only in our country, but around the world. The reason why I want to emphasize also on your phenomenal book and that blueprint, where the people can find it and anything that you want to share because so many people when they have a challenge in times have a hard time to pray have a time to believe and definitely have a very low faith and and you guys showed and proved over and over that is where you need to double triple quadruple on your faith and how did you do it and how they can do the same well i think a lot of it is don't lose sight of faith it's easy when you have all this negative coming at you it's easy to be you know, yelling at God, why me? This isn't fair, but life's not fair. You know, you have to know that he is for us and he's not against us and know that no matter what your husband or your wife is right there and they're your biggest cheerleader and you need to hold the gap. When it was, when I was struggling, Kevin was strong. When I was, when he was struggling, I was strong, but no matter what we always said, you know, what we were going through was horrific but somebody always had it worse. Someone always, at least we had each other. Some people just lost their husband. Some people just lost their child. Like we wanted children, but we still had each other. We learned to be thankful for the little things. And I think that's so important. Right. No, absolutely. And yeah, listeners can go to kevinandsteph.com. We will autograph any book that goes through there or then get it uh, even quicker, I guess, on Amazon.com. Mm -hmm. Those are the two places. But no, thank you. We're we're very blessed. It was not fun writing. I mean, I don't like writing emails, let alone 200-page books, right? <laughs> so, uh, but we're blown away by the people that this has touched and impacted, and the the letters and the messages you get. Like, hey, you know, the the one message we got was my father was diagnosed with the same exact cancer that you went through, Kevin, and you're the first person we've heard a good outcome. You're the first story that we've heard that was actually positive. Everyone else didn't, make it. didn't make it, right? Mm -hmm. And so when you get messages like that, it's like, okay, I, I'm so glad we did this. Mm -hmm. So that's fantastic, showing consistently what's possible and beating all the ads and then all those beautiful miracles, right? Yeah. Yes. So with that in mind, you guys, as I mentioned already, living and leading your legacy. But also with everything you're doing, you have so much already in place for leaving that amazing legacy. So you're on the legacy leader show. So my question is, obviously your leadership is demonstrated not only to one another, but everything you touch and outside world. So what would you like to be remembered and known for? Mm. I wanna be remembered that we didn't give up, that we're fighters, that we always sought God. Even though it was difficult, we fought and by faith we have this amazing life we are married on 18 going on 18 going yes. down 18 years wow. we have withstood everything like what everything we went through marriages wouldn't have made it honestly they would have just i can't torn deal with apart. this we would have been torn apart but we didn't we fought and these three kids every time they look in the mirror they're gonna know how hard we fought for them and they're just going to know that we love them. And I just want people to remember us by our fight and our faith. 
and our lack of never giving up. Yeah, and I, I guess I don't, I don't think really big picture when it comes to leaving a legacy. I just think of like our children, right, and leaving a legacy. And I want them to see, I want them to see what mom and dad has gone through, right? I want them to be able to read this book and know that, okay, we were loved. We were, look what mom and dad went through just to have us, right? And so when it comes to leaving a legacy, I want to do for my kids. I want them to see what a marriage should look like with Steph and I. I want them to see their dad respecting their mother. I want them to see their mother, you know, just being an amazing wife, an amazing mother, right? I want them to see that, right? We can explain it to them all we want, but I want them to actually see it. So when it comes to leaving a legacy, it's it's being that role models for our children to show them, hey, mom and dad were married for X amount of years. We can do it, right? I know the statistics look really bad when it comes to marriage here in America, but hey, if mom and dad could do it, we can do it, right? If mom and dad can do something new, something that is completely out of their wheelhouse, completely out of their comfort zone, right? Again, I'm a CPA, Steph's a registered nurse. Doing a podcast, doing a nationally syndicated radio show, writing a book, that makes zero sense, right? That makes no sense at all. And it was very uncomfortable to do something new. So I want them to know that it's okay to try something new. Try something that you may not have gone to college for, right? But if you're passionate about it, hey, do it. Don't worry about it. You're, you're going to make mistakes up front, but you're going to learn through those. Don't wait till it's perfect timing. Just, just start it, right? You're going to get better. And so when it comes to leaving a legacy, it's really, I think about our children and doing that for them. That is so powerful. And I just wanted to say you guys already touched on also millions of others and already your legacy is ensured because of quality of work and everything you're producing and timeless information that others can be served with. So I really wanted just to say thank you so much for appearing here on the Legacy Leader Show and being amazing guests and sharing your beautiful stories that others can also go to your website, listen to your amazing podcast, and also read your phenomenal book, Great Blueprint for Overcoming Challenges. And lastly, of course, I need to hear this. You can't skip this part. Where did you guys meet? I really need to know. <laughs> Isabella, you got to read the book. Do you know the answer, Isabella? No, I truly don't. But I'm curious because like the title of the book was so hooky. I'm like, you met her where? That's you know, right. so I was like, what? <laughs> you got to so read the book, And Joe didn't want to tell me or nobody wanted to tell me in our circle of friends that we know. I was like, what happened? Where did you <laughs> All right, Isabella, it's it's chapter one of the book. You met her okay. where Steph was my waitress at Hooters. What? 20, wow. 20 literally 20 years ago. Summer that summer of 2002. Yes. Yep. This this was my waitress right here. So wow. Yes, and it ended Cutie. up being Judy. Oh my god, I can see you were like, I am just dumbfounded i can't move what just happened starstruck <laughs> <laughs> yes but yeah it, as you'll read it was like the most awkward situation and then our first date was like the most it awkward was awful. worst date ever and i'm awful. i'm shocked she went on the second i'm shocked too actually <laughs> but, but we did. But she did 
<laughs> oh wow for everybody else a second chance sometimes really are worth it guys <laughs> yes. yes very true <laughs> oh that's fantastic so that is even bigger story behind it so we have to definitely i am definitely getting the book i didn't read it yet i know that but i just cannot wait to get my hands on so thank you but that is fantastic thank you so, thank you absolute pleasure having you here and we're looking forward to following your success and having you maybe down the road back again thank you guys so much Thank you for listening to Legacy Leader Show. If you enjoyed the content and had a positive experience, then please leave us a positive rating. In addition, leave us positive review whenever you are listening on whatever platform there might be. Make sure your friends and family also know about the benefit and value that we provide and what we have to offer. Cheers.